Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. This is the Back Porch Writer Podcast, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. It's live, fun, and informative. Each week, I chat with writers, editors, and industry pros to give you and me a heads up about this whole new awesome publishing world. Back Porch Writer is about creating the life that you want through writing and publishing. Are you ready to tap submit? Let's explore the possibilities together. Welcome to Back Porch Writer. Welcome to Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I'm your host, Corey Miller, and today is March 29, 2016, and we have a lot going on today. My guest today is Seamus Award finalist Lynn Chandler-Willis, but before I bring her onto the show and welcome her on, I just want to let you know that we'll also be talking about the Brain to Books CyberCon event that's coming up um, just in about a week or so, April 8th through the 10th, so I'll give you some updates about that. And then we may get into the growth mindset as it relates to movies and specifically how it relates to female leads in movies. So that's what's going on today. But right now, let's welcome Lynn Chandler-Willis to Back Porch Rider. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you could be here. You know, it was fun. I I know I found out about you through a Facebook post or something. I think you had an ad that you were running if I remember right, and I saw the book and went, that sounds really interesting. And the book was Wink of an Eye, if I recall correctly. Right. Yeah. Um, so, that was the, um, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, Wink of an Eye was the um, St. Martin's Press, Private Eye Writers of America, best first PI novel winner um, back in 2000. 13, and then it was published in 2014 by um, St. Martin's, and it went on to uh, be named a shameless finalist, so I'm very proud of it. Yeah, it, I read that, that you were the first woman in like 10 years to win that contest or something, is that right? Yes, um, and I did not know that when I won the contest. Um, I saw it actually in a St. Martin's press release, <laughs> so... Um, I was a little blown away by that, and um, I, you know, that just added on to the um, being proud of it. Mhm, mhm. Well, you know, it just it speaks volumes about the industry, though, don't you think? I mean, it it took ten years for a woman to get that award. <laughs> oh, exactly, <laughs> exactly. And I know, um, especially in the, in the mystery field, you know, that um, women are 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 outnumbered um, generally by uh, men authors and of course you have the, the Lee Childs and the Michael Conleys and and the the women you know tend to have taken a back seat in the past but I think um, I think that tide is changing now and um, you're seeing a lot more women step forward as um, you know forces to be uh, contended with 
Right. I know some years ago when I started to really think about the writing world and, and becoming an author and really working towards this, I came across a group called Sisters in Crime, um, an organization. Right. Um, and I think you're familiar with them, right? Yes, I am. I am a member. That's what I thought. I'm a I wrote that too. Yeah, I'm a member of uh, the national organization and um, uh, a past member of our local chapter here. And um, it's a wonderful organization. Um, the women really support each other. And it's not just for women. There are uh, what we call brothers, <laughs> brothers in the group, too. <laughs> but uh, it's very supportive and, um, um, you know, it's, it's an invaluable organization. Now, what makes it invaluable to you? Um, the support that you get from um, other women writers that um, they know what you're going through. And like my protagonist in Wink of an Eye um, is a man. Well, I'm a woman, and writing from a man's point of view can be um, daunting, you know, at times. But um, there's other women in the organization that also write male leads, and so, you know, we can throw ideas back and forth at each other and, and you know, does a guy talk like this? And, um, you know, someone would say, no, you know, that that's a little too flowery for a, a Texas guy. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. I'm getting I, yeah. one of the books that, one of the books I've decided to start writing, I'm writing from a male perspective. So I may be seeking to make sure I've got the, the, the right voice. Um, and he's a southern guy. He's from New Orleans. Oh, yeah. So I, I made my cha- I made it really challenging for myself because I'm not from New Orleans. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, and with Wink of an Eye, my uh, main character, he, he's from Texas. And, um, I've, you know, I've only been to Texas one time, and it was fly in and fly out. So <laughs> I had to do a lot of research. <laughs> Well, that brings up a really good point. You know, how do you go about doing the research on a character that you set in a different place in Texas? Um, a lot of it was done online, and um, really, honestly, for Facebook, um, I made um, the little town of Wink, Texas, has a Facebook page, and um, I made friends with um, actually the mayor's wife <laughs> there. And uh, she became an invaluable resource to me about the the setting and, and the town. And, um, you know, I, I could send her a, a message or an email and say, hey, you know, what do you call this flower? And I was trying to get too technical one time, and I was like, what do you call this flower? And she said, a cactus. <laughs> It was a learning experience, but um, I, I, you know, I do plan to go to Wink. I know a lot of people are, you know, Paris or uh, London is their vacation destination, and mine's Wink, Texas. <laughs> well, you have to because you wrote about it. You have to go I know there. exactly. <laughs> I told my husband that I have to go to New Orleans to do a research trip. <laughs> you know, yeah, right. <laughs> I know, right? Go to the French Quarter, have yeah. fun. <laughs> right. <laughs> and I think that is some of the fun. I mean, there's so many fun things about being a writer and an author. That's definitely one of them, the potential to go somewhere that uh, you normally wouldn't 
be going and just have right. to go back and get to the area. Um, now, I know that you're also traditionally published. What made you decide to take that path versus uh, self-publishing or indie publishing? Um, I just don't have a a good business mind. Um, it's not that I'm lazy by any means. I just um, I don't have the mindset for it. I don't have the um, know-how. And I would just prefer to let someone else handle the business end. Um, let me do the writing. Let me do the, you know, I'll do my part in promoting it. Um, but I, I don't want to worry about all the, the distribution outlets and, and the, the cover art and, you know, all that. Let somebody else handle that and let me do what I do best. I know what mm-hmm. I do best, and it's not the business end of it. Now, you've published, I mean, it looks like you've got Atticus Books as one of your uh, publishers, uh, Pelican Book Group, Minotaur. How did you find these publishers um, so that you, you could get your books published? Um, basically, um, Atticus was long ago, really before um, a lot of the Internet research you know, kicked in. So I relied on the good old writer's market. Um, that hardback book that came out once a year, and um, <laughs> just you know found a true crime publisher um, through through that, and then with Pelican, um, by the time The Rising came out, um, the internet. I mean, you know, there was a lot of um, submission guidelines and stuff online, and um, I saw Pelican Book Group had put a call out for submissions in, I don't know, one of the uh, publishing groups that I belong to. So that's where, um, you know, I sent the rising there um, and within, you know, a couple of days had a contract for it. And then the same with um, Wink of an Eye, I saw the um, the contest for um, the, you know, their uh private eye contest and um, mm-hmm. you know followed through with that but um, those two were definitely um, something you know that I found online mm-hmm. so no agent um, no agent no agent um, all of the um, publishers um, that I worked with at that time I did not need an agent for I do have an agent now um, and she just sold um, my next series to Henry Press, um, mm-hmm. and that will we're probably looking at spring 2017 for uh, the debut of that series, and it's a different character. That's actually set in North Carolina, um, okay. but we did a three three book deal with that. What's that series? I'm sorry. What's the name of that series? Um, it's going to be the Ava Logan mystery series. Ava Logan it is, is a, it's set in a small town, North Carolina mountains, and she is a um, newspaper, small newspaper owner, publisher, um, investigator. A lot mm-hmm. of small town politics involved. Mm-hmm. So what's it like working with, 
more of the traditional publishers when it comes to marketing? Because you said you you know, you still do some of your own marketing. So what's the the balance, I guess, there? Who does what? Um, honestly, the um, the smaller the press, the more they do for you. Um, and I'm not knocking St. Martin's at all. Um, they can get the, the review copies into hands that I wouldn't be able to, you know, get into. Uh, the Publishers Weekly, Kirk, uh, you know, Kirk gets New York Times, um, mm-hmm. San Francisco, the, the big outlets, um, you know, and, and they may print, you know, 500 um, review copies for all these different outlets where a smaller press may not be able to do that, but they concentrate on marketing once the book is out. Um, I know they do um, a lot of Facebook ads, Twitter ads, the social media campaign from a smaller press is very impressive. Um, mm. You know, but you still have to be ready to to put out, you know, some of your own money um, for what they call swag or, you know, no publisher regardless, you know, of how big or how small is going to foot the bill for you for that. So you Mm -hmm. still have to do a lot of that, you know, on your own, but it's not like you would if you were self-published where it's all up to you. Mhm. Mhm. So I know the series is coming coming up next. I read on your website you have a project called Nobody's Baby. Right. What That's that the first book in the Ava Logan series with Henry Press. Okay. okay. Very good. So tell everybody how they can get in touch with you, Lynn. Um, my email is Lynn at LynnChandlerWillis dot com. My website is lynnchandlerwillis.com. I'm on Facebook. I have a personal and an author page. I'm on Twitter, um, Pinterest, the usual social media outlets. Mm-hmm. What's your Twitter handle? Um, at Lynn C. Willis. At Lynn C. Willis. So everybody can get in touch with her. Via Twitter, I like to do a lot of promoting of the shows on Twitter, so it's helpful to have that handle. So I appreciate <laughs> that. Um, thank you so much for being with me here on Backwards Writer. It was great to talk to you and get to know you a little bit and find out more about your books and what's coming up next. And meet me. I was a member of Sisters in Crime as well. I'm not at the moment, but I was. I might have to check it out again. You may have convinced <laughs> yeah. me to check that out again. <laughs> Okay, we'd love to have you. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. (laughs) Have a great day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So be sure to check out lynnchandlerwillis.com. You can find out about all of her her books and, of course, her upcoming book, Nobody's Baby, the first in a new series. That's very exciting, starting a new series. And I hope you learned a little bit about what it takes to do the research. Yeah, it's not always easy, is it? <laughs> but you get online and do what you need to do. It's amazing how many things you can find out online. But then there's those little just nuanced things that you can't get from just reading it online. You have to make connections with people who actually live in those places. And so I'll be reaching out to a few people I know who live in, in the New Orleans area to help me with 
the book that I'm working on, it's, the new series is with a character named Charlie Bobo. And so he's an investigator. He knows my Desiree Jackson character. They used to work together. And so I thought, oh, my goodness, I need to explore this character. I think it'll be a lot of fun. So when you're doing your research, yeah, sometimes you actually have to reach out to locals and get their perspective on what it's like to be there because you can't be there necessarily. So go check out Lynn Chandler Wills, her website, and of course get in touch with her on Facebook or Twitter at Lynn C. Willis. Now let's move on. Brain to Books Cyber Convention is coming up April 8th through the 10th. And this is shaping up to be just an amazing event. I mean, just the prep for the various takeover events is phenomenal. Uh, um, Angela Chrysler put out a great piece of information over on Brain to Books, her website, about how to prepare for a takeover event. So you should check that out. And if you're an author, it's very helpful because I don't know about you, but when I was first trying to do any sort of Facebook event to launch a book, it was hard trying to figure out what I should do during that period of time. Um, and this, she puts this together and it makes it so much easier. You don't have to go searching everywhere to come up with ideas. They're just all right there, clear as can be. So over on the Brain to Books Cyber Convention page on Goodreads, there's two pages. There's one that is the fairgrounds for everybody, and then there's one that's geared towards the authors. So if you want to do that, it's not too late to set up a booth, a virtual booth, and start doing things in your virtual booth, and, and you can still get involved in some of the author activities. For example, I'm doing live interviews during the entire weekend over on Blab.im. That's Blab.im. You need a Twitter handle to connect with Blab. But if you're an author and you're coming through the Brain to Book Cyber Convention, reach out to me and I'll get you scheduled for an actual interview time during the convention. And if you're launching a book, you know, this is a fabulous time to be involved. I decided to delay the launch of North Downing by about a week because of this convention. I was going to have it out April 4th and now I'm not because I thought, oh, I probably should take advantage of the fact that this convention is going on and I'm involved with this convention and I can talk about North Downing a little bit more. So that's what I'm going to do and that's certainly how you could be using it. Also of, of note, I don't know if I mentioned this in a previous episode, but I did start Indies at Back Porch Writer over on Goodreads. And this is a fun group to get involved in because it's where I post things like, how do you do interviews over the radio with people? What are some tips? So I've got that there. I've got a whole section that I'm working on that's all about mindset. Uh, because certainly as authors, we need to have a growth mindset. Having a fixed mindset as an author really isn't going to serve any of us at all in a, in a positive way. So I have information like that over there. So I invite you to check that out. And there's even a section on what are you grateful for today so that you can have a grateful mindset um, and get, get your day on the, the positive path right from the very beginning. But there's other things over there on the, at, the Indies at Backwards Writer over on Goodreads. Become a member. Uh, reach out to me. Let me know what else you want me to put in there as discussion sections because I'm building it right now. It's very young. It's only been a couple weeks since I initially put it out there. And there, I think there's about eight members right now in the group. I haven't checked recently. Um, but I usually try and put some new information over there a couple times a week. And like I said, I'm totally open to any discussion points that you want me to have over there. Um, and I may even link to, you know, here's a video, check this out because it may be helpful for you as an author. There's an, uh, a writer's, an author's sort of toolbox thing that I have as one of the discussion points. And I'll be putting things over there about like KD ROI and why I think that's a great thing to be using if you're an author or KD Pulse or you know, Scrivener or whatever tools that I come across. And you're welcome to add your two cents, of course, about the tools that you use that 
really help you in your author career as you're building your author career. And of course, there's also time to ask questions, not just of me, but of other members that are there. And that's the point. It's a way to mingle. Now, readers can get involved at that in that group too. It's Indies at Backports Writer on Goodreads, but that doesn't mean readers can't get involved in the group. And just as FYI, the only reason I named it that is because I couldn't think of anything else. <laughs> so if you have suggestions for me on what would be a better name for that group, I am totally open to, <laughs> to talking about that. But I just needed a name, and I went, I'll go with this for now. Um, and it's nice because you can easily change the names of groups over on Goodreads. And I'm enjoying getting those Goodreads uh, more. Um, and switching gears one more time here, I said I was talking about growth mindset and movies. Really, what I want you to do is go check out the WomanlyArtOfSelfDefense.com episode that uh, dropped yesterday because it was all about growth mindset in movies, but specifically trying to identify female leads that had a growth mindset in a movie. It turned out that was really hard to do. I was brainstorming over the weekend with several people. I was with family and, and my father, who is a huge movie buff, and we just struggled to come up with 10 that were just females, right? Um, I could come up with a lot more beyond that, but to try and focus on females is really hard. So I invite you to go over to the womanlyartofselfdefense.com website and check out that latest episode and leave a comment and let me know what movies you think um, fit into that category of having a female lead who, has a, who demonstrates a growth mindset through the movie. Because I really was racking my brain trying to come up with a few. I, like I said, the, the list of 10 is over there, so go check it out. An interesting thing happened this morning. I like to listen to a lot of other podcasts, and one of them is Joanna Penn's podcast, and it usually drops on Mondays, like mine. And so I was listening to hers today, and she was interviewing Mark Lefebvre. I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name, but he is the director of self-publishing and author relations over at Kobo. And I really have been trying to work um, on my Kobo stuff. And I finally had one sale over on Kobo, and I was so excited. It would happen to be an international sale, uh, and it was from Australia. So I was thrilled about that. You know, and I, I think, okay, now maybe I'll get some traction over on Kobo. Well, he mentioned a couple things that I thought I should share with you. And you can, of course, go and check out Joanna Penn's podcast, too, The Creative Pen. But I made a few notes. One of them was they said, you know, don't dip in and out of Kobo. Because it can take six to nine months to get any traction on Kobo. So if you are posting your things in Kindle, you know, KDP Select for, you know, the 90-day period, and then you d drop that and come over to Kobo, and then you do it again and go back over there, you're losing traction on Kobo just based on how they run things at Kobo and their algorithms. And so dipping in and out can hurt you. It takes six to nine months to get traction over there. And he said include Kobo when you're promoting. When you're promoting your book, make sure you include Kobo on your website, you know, all your links. And I did this before. Now I'm going to go back to my author site and make sure I have all the appropriate links there. It's getting a little cluttered, so I need to rethink how I'm going to organize that. But make sure I have all the links there. So keep the links there. Um, he did mention that pre-orders can really help with uh, your, your getting traction on Kobo, so consider pre-orders. It's not difficult to do. Their site's really user-friendly from that perspective, by the way, if you haven't checked it out. And I know he's brought this up before, and I've listened to him in other um, shows. He said you need to specify your global pricing, especially if it's India and Canada. India is a, a, a booming market for eBooks right now. And they don't have on Kobo's site yet. I didn't see the, the India pricing, the, the rupees or whatever. I think it's coming. Uh, but he did mention you need to remember to, to do those global prices. Don't just accept the price that's there. And it's amazingly challenging to find, you know, what should you price your book at 
in the Canadian ebook market? What should you price your book at in the Indian market? I did some, I've done some preliminary research on this a few different times, including this morning. Not an easy task to do, um, but something that is important to do. Uh, Joanna Penn mentioned during that interview that the pricing for India really needs to be, to be very low. Uh, because there's just so many books available in that market, and so your ebooks need to be priced low. And just think of it in terms of volume, rather than I'm making so much money off of my Indian my India sales. Uh, no, think of that volume. You, you're you know, getting more visibility, basically. Look at it from that perspective. Uh, and they mentioned that uh, Kobo bought Overdrive, and that's kind of a big deal because Overdrive is typically how you can get your ebooks and your audiobooks into libraries. And so you can look for more information about that coming uh, in 2016. And this, I love this conversation about covers that they were having because they were talking about using two-dimensional covers versus 3D covers on specifically like box sets. And you know they look real slick when they're 3D covers. They all look really cool. But what Mark was saying is that they don't actually sell as as well as the two-dimensional flat cover. The thing that you have to keep in mind is conveying to the reader exactly what they're getting in that cover. And uh, if you look up J.S. Penn, which is what Joanna Penn writes under for her fiction, you will see a great example of how she's been able to do this with her covers. Um, you can look up her, she just did a seven book box set for her, I think her Arcane series or something. But you can see the cover, she's got the title of the series and then the number of books that are, that are part of that. Uh, that she's selling, and then the individual covers are part of that now bigger cover. So go check that out as an example. I thought it was a really great example. Uh, but it's even more important to know that, you know, Mark is saying, hey, the CD covers, we already know from our own research that they sell better than the 3D covers. And apparently that's true over on iTunes too because they don't accept 3D covers. They only accept the two-dimensional covers. So there must be some reason why they're saying stick with the two-dimensional covers, right? So that's what I'm going to be looking at when I get to that point, is not worrying so much about 3D covers, even though they look really cool. If they're not going to move anything, what's the point in spending the money to do a three-dimensional cover? Because it's, from what I understand, it's not free. I mean, I haven't been able to find a re free resource for that yet. Um, most I think I paid was 20 bucks to do a, a 3D cover, and I did that my, on my own, essentially put the thing together, but um, that, was, that was it. So. Those are some tips and tidbits from Joanna Penn's most recent podcast. It aired yesterday on the 28th, and it was with Mark from Kobo. So go check that out, too, while you're out there. Check out the womanlyartistselfdefense.com episode, latest episode about mindset in movies, growth mindset in movies, because that was a lot of fun to actually research. And over on that show, I actually also do badass woman in history moments. And so that's just kind of a fun thing that I like to do. I thought I would just do it for March, and then I changed my mind and said, mm, that's just not enough. We need to do this all the time. And so if you have a suggestion for a badass woman in history, shoot me a message through either backporchwriter.com or thewomanlyartselfdefense.com. I'll get it one way or another, and then I'll research that person and maybe include them in one of the weekly podcast episodes. So that's all I have for you today. I want to remind you to join me over on Indie Author Hour today at 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time with my uh, fellow author friend, Hardy LaBelle. We do that for, it's usually, we say it's Indie Author Hour. Sometimes we go over. Um, that just happens occasionally. But we always have a great time. And today, I don't know exactly what we'll talk about, but chances are we'll get into a little bit about Google Analytics because I think that would be an interesting thing to chat about. 
And of course, we always do some updates on things that are happening. Um, but I have a few notes of some things that we'll be talking about over there. And, and you said Google Analytics and how to use them as an author um, just might be one of those topics. So join us at 11 o'clock Central Daylight Time over on Indie Author Hour. You can find that on blab.im. Just look for my name, Corey Miller slash Backporch Writer, because that's what I do it under. Um, or just search Indie Author Hour, and maybe it'll come up that way. I'm not sure how it happens for the end user versus me when I go in to the platform. So those are the ways that you can find it. I would do Indie Author Hour first and see if that pops up for you. And remember, you need a Twitter handle. So thank you so much for joining me here on Back Porch Writer, the show for writers, about writers, and writing. I hope you enjoyed learning more about author Lynn Chandler-Willis and what she's up to, and of course, Branded Books Cyber Convention. Make sure you get in touch with the people in charge of that because it's going to be a great time. Thanks for joining me. Have a great day. Thanks for listening to Back Porch Writer. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe via iTunes so people just like you can find the show. If you've got comments, questions, or want to be a guest, visit BackPorchWriter.com for details. I'm your host, Corey Miller. Until next time, pull the chair, sit a spell, and write. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.